The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. The weekends come, the weekends go, and here we are. We've done and dusted with round 16 in the AFL. Interesting round. Both of our teams in action yesterday. Uh, good games of footy. The one here at Optus was a beauty. Probably the best game here at Optus uh, this season. Great to have your company. Welcome to Drive with Peter Vlahos. It's all thanks to Toolmart, the complete tool centre. And let me start before I introduce our AFL expert who comes in on Mondays and Thursdays. We want you to be active on the Tempera Bedshed text line 0487 736 736, wherever you may be listening on 657 SEN, on SENWA, on the SEN app, but SEN Spirit 621 in Bunbury in the southwest, SEN Cal 1611, or on digital radio on SEN Peel. Or you can join us on the Scarborough Toyota open line as well. 13, 12, 55. Uh, Kim Hagdorn, a uh, very good evening to hey, you. G'day. Welcome to Monday. G'day, g'day, Peter. How are you? Thank you. Um, yeah, Firstly, you say round round sixteen. It has gone quickly. It's gone it? very which means quick. Only, which means we've only got seven rounds to go. So, what did we find out out of the weekend? You think Port Adelaide, even though they had a chance at the end with Robbie Gray and of <laughs> course Marshall to kick possibly a couple of late goals and pinch that game against Frio, you think they're done and dusted now? You think, of course, Gold Coast's uh, narrow loss, their second narrow loss in a fortnight against Collingwood this time, has probably counted them out. So we're now back down to, what, eight, nine, ten that could yeah, play I finals? Think, I think you're going as deep as ten. Uh, I'm not. I, I I don't think the Western Bulldogs can make it. Yep. And I think St Kilda are very shaky, very, very shaky. I mean, they were terrific at the weekend. Mm. But uh, Carlton, I, I, Carlton's inaccuracy didn't uh, help Carlton's cause, did it? I've always been a big believer, Peter, across, you know, through, throughout my existence in, in covering footy, that there can be a trend develop over the course of a particular weekend, which is a round of AFL footy. And I think these trends are relevant, you know, right across sport. You know, I mean, I think it can happen in, in other codes and other sports as well. But across certain rounds, you know, we can see a spate of reports. You can see an MRO controversy or, or two or three. If there's one, there's more. Uh, spate of injuries, you know, in one particular round, you can see four or five big name injuries, and that's the focus for the week. Umpiring focus, disputes, and and, and upsets. And another trend, I believe, is when you find teams kicking shabbily, kicking poorly. And in some instances, this weekend just gone, some really deplorable, horrible kicking mm. in front of goal. Now, it, it that terrible finishing from Carlton and Sydney contributed to another trend being upsets. And even with the conclusion of, of, of some of the games being a bit closer, you know, they were, they were bordering on upsets but particularly the Carlton and Sydney games. And weren't they just so costly to the makeup of the top eight? Carlton dropped back a game behind top four. Well, had they won that, they're around about the top four. They're still around about, but it's a massive loss. To kick 10-18 mm. against St Kilda, who kicked 14-9, Sydney kicked 12-14, Essendon 15-5. Yeah. So that was a trend across the course of the weekend and it contributed to the upsets. But the Sydney one goes even deeper than that, Peter. I mean, they started the game with five straight goals and you thought, oh, here we go, Sydney going to beat Essendon. And then, then they kicked 110 over the next two quarters and their, their main culprits were their main goal scorers, the likes of Papley who kicked 1-3, Lance Franklin 2-1, but one out of bounds on the full Lance Franklin. Franklin kicked one 
he, he, it was a rubber stamp to how horrible some of the kicking, although I think Robbie Gray and, and uh, Todd Marshall, Marshall. perhaps pro- probably beat uh, for the podium. Well, then you had Charlie Dixon a bit earlier in the game, two out of bounds on the full. Yeah. And before also, he started to get his kicking boots on in the final term. Well, I think that was a case of have to, wasn't it? It was, yeah. it was just a last gasp morale, wasn't it? Uh, but Fra- Franklin rubber stamped it with Sydney three points down, five minutes to play after Essendon had slammed on three unanswered goals to get the lead. Lance Franklin kicked out on the full. So it was just, you just, I kept thinking, well, this trend is just horrible. This is just uh, deplorable. And it then extended even further, really, across the, the Carlton loss. Carlton, you know, they kicked 1 9. From 6 5, they kicked 1 9. And I thought to myself, the AFL needs stewards. I want, a, I want my tipping point back. How can this be so horrible that uh, I tipped Carlton, I tipped Sydney, I'm angry that they didn't win, but it was just something that is unforgivable, unacceptable, and you probably should get your money back when they're so disgraceful. All right, let's have a look at our two teams. Firstly, West Coast, they had the early game yesterday, got underway just under midday uh, our time against Richmond. Adam Simpson thought that, that his team was pretty competitive. I thought the game was up for grabs halfway through the third. Um, it must have been... 11, 12 points of difference getting towards in that third quarter. I think I mean, downfield free kick or something like that. Um, and they might have kicked the first goal or the last and sort of took away, you know, maybe a chance of winning. But I, I thought the guys were better, better with um, our method around the contest. Um, you know, we're getting supply this week, you know, probably the highest for the year. Didn't kick straight. You know, that, that, that always hurts. But, I mean, obviously Richmond deserved to win. But um, there we had moments of the game where we were on top. So there you go. That's Adam Simpson on the back end of their loss to Richmond. I don't think Richmond were ever going to lose that game. But in the end, certainly in that third term, Dustin Martin, whose hamstring, what was the awareness? Hamstring awareness. He was uh, taken off the ground. So he's got a hamstring ground. strain. Let's yeah. get, let's, let's hamstring awareness. I've never seen hamst- that before. He's got a hamstring injury. Yeah. And, and it might not be a major one, but don't don't play with us, people. It was. He's got a hamstring injury. If he couldn't play... The rest of the game from uh, halftime onwards, then it's a hamstring injury. Mm. But I'm with you. I, I thought Richmond sort of toyed with West Coast, but because we, West Coast had a lot else going for them. You look at contested possessions, 131 to 112. So that's that's plus that's plus 19 for mm. West Coast contested possession clearances, 44 to 32, and inside 50s, 57 to 53, and hitouts, 37 to 31. Now that's all West Coast way. Is it on the back of just one man? Nick Natanui back in the side. You start seeing some of those things transpire, don't you? There And there's a growth in confidence, I reckon, and a growth in faith with some of the other players. Some of the receivers are more confident. Big Nick's up in the middle. Even if he's against Dan Curvis, you still felt confident. Nick, Nick Natanui, mm. as fresh as a daisy, as gutsy as that man is, I still don't think his knee is absolutely right. Still hearing that he's come back a little bit earlier to help the plight and to help them perhaps win a few games on the tail end of the season. He's just a really tough, brave, great club man, is Nick Natanui. And I know people are going to say, oh, you rave on about him too much. It's very clear to me that Nick Natanui plays for West Coast, whether the, whether it was 218 and he didn't get through to the grand final, as we know, but any other time in his career, when he's been up and about, they are far more powerful side and potentially dangerous side when he's playing. 19 possessions, 12 contested possession, Nick Natanui, 26 hit out, six clearances of his own. Yeah. And, and course, six inside 50s and, and a goal. Now, I, I, I think a lot of it yesterday was about the presence of one bloke. He brings into the game Shuey, Kelly, Redden, 
Rioli, in the times that he's around the ball up forward or the few times he goes into the centre square. And even even young Zane True got a couple of possessions and a, and a couple of clearances on the end of being around Nick Natanui. Okay, and speaking about uh, Dusty Martin, it's been confirmed he'll miss at least one week uh, with that hamstring. That's not hamstring awareness. Yeah, so he'll miss at least one week. It could be two or three. We'll have yeah. to wait and see. On the temper of bedshed text line, just regarding the West Coast Eagles, who we're talking about at the moment, Eagles guilty of terrible kicking, especially directly in front from set shots. Mm. Liam Ryan mm. had enough of his kicking, I have. Eagles should have won. Uh, we haven't got the name on that one, but anyway, yeah. that's just come through. Well, I think Adam Simpson's just touched on it as well. They kicked poorly. 13-15. This is, again, part of this trend, part of the syndrome for the weekend. West Coast, 13-15. On the back of all those numbers we've just been through, Peter, where they won upfield, and then 13-15 to 28. 28 scoring shots each. Mm. I know that's a bit simplified to say, oh, scoring shots. Richmond finished better. One of the things I did skim through as well is is Richmond very impressive in how they do finish. And they won premierships on the back of not worrying about some of the statistics that I've just been through where West Coast Eagles were the trendsetter and and, and the, 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 the instigators and winners on the day. In 2020, they won uh, the premiership by being fifth in scoring, second in defence, seventh in contested possession, sixth in clearances, but they were number one inside 50s. Same two in 2019. Similar numbers, number one on inside 50s in the competition across their 25 games for the season. 2017, number two mm. on inside 50s. They don't necessarily worry about some of those other statistics because they are so imposing. Their defensive division and the way they work the ball, win the ball back and run it forward. A bit like Hawthorne of 2013-14-15. Didn't worry about contested possession so much. So let's not get too carried away with those. I felt Richmond always yesterday were in control of that game. It was a little bit bruise-free at times. I thought it was a bit like circle work. Yeah. But West Coast, it's, it's an encouraging performance. And leading into Sunday afternoon, I think they can beat Carlton. Yeah, I reckon they can beat Carlton. We'll talk more about it during the, this program and certainly on Thursday. But the news coming out today is that midfielder Dom Sheed is out for the season. Uh, as we know, came back, played that one game, got injured, had that hot spot. Uh, he missed this week. The hot spot's been sorted. We haven't got exactly the details, but he is out for the season. And two weeks ago today, we said right here, at around about this time, Peter, Dom Sheed's injury is quite serious and he might not play again this year. Yeah. I mean, we, it, was, it, was a, it was around. And I think someone's got to address it. So why did he someone, come back for that one game? Someone or some people in the West Coast Eagles football administration have got to be asking some questions about their medical assessment their fitness and conditioning, their training program, their recovery program, because even Elliot Yo yesterday, and a soft tissue injury, it was a strange one, but he's had so limited lead up, so limited footy, you'd have to be starting to ask the question you just asked, why do they come back for one game? Even Dom Sheed didn't look terrific in the couple of games. There was a carry on about the possessions he was getting. Well, it's because he's a clever player playing at a level well below him just to get some conditioning, but his gait and his running, he, how slow he was. He, there was a slight limp in his run and certainly a training. He struggled to train all week because of that injury. You'd have to be asking some questions, I think, about West Coast Eagles medical staff. And that's one of the areas that in the, in the review that's going on and eventually with, when they look back on 2022 and make decisions on coach, support staff, 
and fitness and conditioning and medical staff, that, that'll be a front frontline area, their medical and their fitness and conditioning program. Okay, so just repeating, Dom Sheet has been ruled out for the remainder of the season. The Eagles announced the news, the Savo, uh, and they declared it's a lower leg injury. That'll well, that's probably... his ankle. That yeah. was the ankle. That, if it's not his ankle, it's a calf from carrying the ankle. Yeah, uh, so to prevent the 27-year-old from playing any further footy this season. Another one, too, is I, I think we have to look at when we're looking at West Coast's performance yesterday, I, I felt yesterday, Peter, that the bulk of their better players, a couple of the kids showed bits and pieces again. You know, Bazzo's going to have a go. Mm. True showed some little bits and pieces. Hoff, I thought, was pretty good. Yeah. So there's some of the youngsters. But their best players yesterday were Kelly, Cripps, Shuey, Natanui, Redden, Hearn. West Coast have got some big decisions to make with some of these older blokes, haven't they? The last name you mentioned is a big decision, Shannon Hearn. Uh, there was talk, as we've discussed, and it's been around, that they were contemplating this would be his final season. I believe with the footy that he's playing at the moment, he probably pl- believes inside himself, the South Australian, that he probably can go around again next season. And I think it's causing a bit of angst within the West Coast Eagles With the planning going group. forward? Yeah. I, I, I think there's some conflict in front of West Coast's Premiership captain, great fella, great servant in uh, Shannon Hearn. Almost 35, 313 games now. Apparently, he's starting to feel as though he's keen to play on next year. And I think that is contrary to what some of the retirement planning that West Coast management were prepared to But wouldn't to you treat him like David Mundy, like how free I've treated David Mundy? Give him another year. He's not playing bad football. He's contributing out of the respect for a former captain and what he's done for the club, you'd give him another year or maybe manage him next year in some shape or form, but keep him in the club. You don't want a parting of the ways, an ugly parting of the ways between a great servant like Shannon Hearn and the West Coast Eagles. I, I, I'm not convinced that it'd be, be ugly because I think he's too good a servant, too good a person. If But he'd if, hurt. He'd be hurting yeah, if yeah. it didn't go his way. Yeah, yeah, but if they want to really rebuild for beyond 2023, so back rebuilding with a team that they start to grow towards 224, 225 back in finals contention, then you have to have a harsher conversation than the way you've gone about it. I think some people within the decision-making process, Peter, will have to sort of say, she's, we need to, let's look after Shannon. He's been a great servant. Someone will have to say yes or no. Yes. Who makes that call? The coach. It really should be the coach. It really should be the coach. It really should be the coach. And if the coach can't, as has been indicated, I reckon, with how, how strongly he supports Adam Simpson, supports all those servants and all those warriors that have taken him through, two 15s grand final loss, 16 roundabout, 17 roundabout, bang, win a flag, 218, still there is 219, 222, been going on too long to not get rid of some of these guys and blood some of the youngsters that you've got on the list. Go and get some better players or some younger players at the draft, in your trade. Be more appealing as a team in 222 than they have been. Some of these decisions should have taken place before now. But I, I, I am led to believe, Peter, that Shannon Hearn and West Coast are now headed towards some serious discussion about whether he goes on. I, I, I'd be a bit like you. I mean, t- it depends probably on how they go with some of these other contract considerations. West Coast have got to now talk contracts with... Nick Natanui, I'll ask you, do you go on with these guys? Nick Natanui? Yes. Luke Shuey? No. Willie Rioli? Yes. Shannon Hearn? Yes. 
I just think Luke Shuey's the one I said no because I just reckon even, he, even Jamie Cripps. I just reckon Luke Shuey's uh, body is just busted up. Yeah. You won't get a, he was you okay yesterday, you won't, with, but you won't get extended games out of him. And you threw the example or the, the comparison relating to Shannon Hearn and the discussion we're having here. Should he play on or not next year? Shannon Hearn. Now, I understand it's now a change of heart in recent week or two than it was perhaps five or six or seven weeks ago when Shannon Hearn was talking to close confidants, talking to mentors, talking to ex-coaches and ex-players about, what do you think I should do? When should I go? Should I go to the end of the season? Should I announce it early? Should I leave early? Should I retire early? It's gone from that to now, well, I think I'd like to play mm. on again. You threw it up the comparison to David Mundy. David Mundy shouldn't be playing next year. No, I don't think he opinion. should be playing, but they've but, given him this year. What? They did. And he'll probably try and think, I want to get to 400. So all of a sudden, there's that motivation for Monday to get to 400. Is it a bit of a selfish outlook uh, individually? Is he holding maybe a player that eventually will take his position back? We'll discuss that. And I'd like to throw it as we need to go to a break. And then we'll come back and talk about Frio. And I'd love to talk about Nat Five because I saw him yesterday. And I've got my opinion on Nat Five at the moment. I know he says, give me six weeks. But really... At the moment, it's do or die for Go Frio. Go Peel. They're trying to get into the top four, and I thought they carried uh, Nat Fife a bit yesterday. We're going to take a break. Give us your thoughts firstly on Shannon Hearn. West Coast Eagles fans listening to Drive with Peter Vlahos and Kim Hagdon on this Monday. Would you give Shannon Hearn another year? Would you keep him in the West Coast Eagles team in 2023? Love to hear from you on the temperate bedshed text line 0487 736 736 or give us a call on the Scarborough Toyota open line 13 12 55. And Dockers fans, give us your spin on Nat Fife as well. We're going to discuss him after the break. It's 17 past five.